Welcome back to the Built on the Rock podcast. We're excited to have y'all listening today. We're talking about Jesus and our focus on him. As born again believers, that means that you've received Jesus into your heart. And when you do that, his life and his actions begin to change and affect your life and your actions. So David, what does it look like when we're living for Jesus? And how does that change our life in the everyday? Yeah, so focusing on Jesus in our life, what that looks like is, say you believe something, you know, you have a belief about something. If you truly believe something, if you truly have taken a hold of it and you really do believe it, that belief will begin to change how you think, it'll change how you talk, and it'll change how you act. And so it's no different when we, you know, we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we believe in Him as our Lord and Savior, then we begin to allow Him to change the way we think, the way we talk, and the way we act. And that's how it affects our daily life and the actions we take in our daily life. Right. We begin to receive what He's done for us and we yes, walk exactly. in it. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's really good. So that's what we're going to get into today is talking about Jesus being our focus and allowing Him to change the way we think and what we talk about and how we act. So let's get into our first scripture. It's Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. I have this in the Passion Translation. And it says, As for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination, for the path has already been marked out before us. And here, verse 2, it says, We look away from the natural realm as we focus our attention and expectation onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his. He endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sets exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. And so, you know, looking at verse 2 there really sticks out to me, and it, say, it says that we look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectation onto Jesus, who birthed our faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. And so to me, that just kind of shows me that, you know, what they're talking about here in Hebrews is that during your life, while you're living for Jesus here on this earth and you're pursuing Him on this earth, that our focus needs to be on Him. Yeah. You know, our attention needs to be on him and our expectation needs to be on him. Right. So that means that, you know, every day you wake up, where's your focus at? Where should it be at? It should be on him. It's really that simple. Yeah. Did you have I, something? Yeah. yeah go I, ahead. I, there's a lot to the scripture that I, I'd love to share more. Yeah. And even in verse one, it says, so we must let go. We must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin that we so easily fall into. Well, how do you let go of those wounds? How do you be healed from the things that have pierced you. The answer is found in Jesus. That's why he yeah, died on good. the cross for us. And so then the wounds that you've taken on, the wounds that have been maybe attacks against you or, or the hurt places in your life, he comes in and he can change your life. So are you willing to receive the change that Jesus has brought about? So much of our life we live and it's because we live in hurt because we don't always realize or we don't always receive the change that Jesus wants to bring about in our life. Yeah, that's really good. It's impactful and it looks different than what you've seen before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a really good point. I mean, if you think about that, if we're not focused on him, we're not allowing him to make those changes in our life. How can we ever get to the point where we show Jesus to others? You know, right. cause we're so caught up in the hurts and the wounds that we have because we haven't let yeah. him heal those things then we never begin to look like him yeah. to other people around us. And 
when you receive his healing, you receive that from him, then you're confident in his ability and his work yeah. and what he does. And you live your whole life based on that. I lean fully, fully trusting in Jesus and his ability, his power, his authority that he has. And so then that brings us into the face perfection. Yeah. When you're confident in his work, when you're confident in him and you're not relying on yourself, then he's bringing you into that face perfection and you can go forward preaching the good news, sharing with others the good news. Yeah, that's really good. And I love how it says here that it, he gives an example of, of Jesus and what his focus was yeah. because it says that Jesus's focus was the joy that was set before him. And the joy that was set before him was us being his. Right. And so that was his focus. His focus was uh, completing or fulfilling what God had called him to do. And because that was his focus, he was able to do everything and, yeah. you know, keep, keep pressing on, even in the hard times, even in during the crucifixion, even going through that and going through the humiliation and all those things he had to endure. He was able to do that because of his focus yeah. being where God needed his focus to be. And in the same way, as we live our lives, you know, we're going to come across stuff that's going to be difficult. Jesus doesn't say your life is going to be perfectly easy. Mm. You know, once you receive him, everything's perfect and everything's easy. No, there's going to be things that you come up against. But in the middle of those things you come up against, if your focus stays on Jesus, then you'll get through yeah. that stuff and you'll come out a victor and a conqueror on this right. over that stuff because he's overcome the world. Yeah, and just like this is reiterating what you were saying, Jesus had it confirmed in him that his focus was to save us. Yeah. I say us individually, uh, save God's children. Yeah. That was his focus, and so he remained focused on that. And he tells us, you know, to live a life in me, your focus needs to be remained on heaven's realm, on the kingdom realm, on my way of doing things, on me. Yeah, that's really good. Let's go into our next scripture here because it talks a little bit about that. It's Colossians 3, 1 through 4 in the Passion Translation. It says, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life, and now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed, for you are now one with him in his glory. And so I really like this because if you think about your life, you think about all the different areas you're pulled in, you have school, you have work, you have kids, or whatever all these things are, your responsibilities in life, they pull you all these different directions, right? And it gets to be so busy that, you know, you can lose where you're at, you know, because you're just running all over the place trying to get things done. But let's look at what Jesus says here in verse 4. It says, as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are, will also be revealed. And so what that shows to me is that as we focus on Jesus, we keep him the center of our focus no matter what we're doing. When we're at work, he's still the focus. He's still the center of our focus. When we're at school, he's still the center of our focus. When we're dealing with our kids, he's still the center of our focus. When we're dealing with people out in the world, he's still the center of our focus. Yeah. And when we keep Jesus in that place, it lets us know where we need to be and what we need to be doing. Right. Because as he is revealed, so are we revealed because we're tied with him together you know he is in us and we are in him and so when we keep our focus on him we live in him we move in him 
So what does that look like? You know, when we're going to work and we're saying we're keeping Jesus our focus, you know, that's really looking at the situation you're in. You're looking around. Okay, I'm at work and I'm going to observe, Lord, where are you? What do you need to say today? And I'm letting him guide my steps. So maybe it's today I need you to focus on the people. Maybe it's today I need you to focus on the task. Yeah. You know, and he will begin to instruct your steps or guide your steps. So then you're walking in him and throughout your day, you're flowing to do the things he needs you to accomplish for that day. Yeah, that's that's what it looks like when your focus is on him. Is he saying you need to focus on your family today? You need to pour into your spouse today. You need to spend time with me today. It looks different every day. Yeah, that's really good. So let's get into our next scripture here. It's Romans 12, 1 and 2. And in this, we're talking about Jesus focused in our thoughts. And this scripture says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So what this scripture is telling me here is that your thoughts or your your thought life has a huge impact on the way you live and how you do things in, in the world because he says here that, you know, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So he begins to transform you with your thoughts. And the, that's where it starts is your thought life. And so if I'm thinking on worldly things, you know, if I'm thinking on, if I, if I fill myself with, uh, distractions in the world or things that the world wants to do, that's what I'm going to be thinking on all the time. And that's the way I'm going to eventually talk about. And that's what I'm going to eventually act on. And that's what you spend your time on. Exactly. I mean, you're consumed by it, you know? And so if you begin to put Jesus in that place of he is my thought life, I'm thinking about him. I'm, I'm being thankful towards him with my thoughts. You know, I'm thinking on good things, which we're going to, we'll get to that scripture here in a little bit, but I'm thinking on him. He is my focus then that will literally begin to change every area of your life. And it starts with being transformed in your thoughts. And that's why we say you'll begin to look different. When Jesus begins to transform you and make changes in your life, it's going to look very different than what you see around you in your world. Uh, That's why he's the bringer of change. That's why he's the one that heals us and brings us out of old life into new life, because then our life begins to look different. Mm, That's really good. So it's like something, an analogy I was thinking of earlier today. You know, it's not just an analogy. It's a real life situation for me. I mean, I wake up and I have this plan of what I'm going to do in the morning, right? Like I'm going to get up, I'm going to get all this stuff done and I'm going to get going. And that doesn't always happen because sometimes I wake up and I'm like, well, let me check, see what time it is. So I'll tap my phone screen and look at it. And then I say, I have all these notifications on my phone. So I'm like, well, let me check the notifications and see what they are. So I open my phone up. I'm looking through those and, you know, deleting junk emails and looking at whatever all these notifications are. And then I end up on social media because one of the notifications was from there. So now I'm checking that. And then I end up scrolling through my feed. So now I'm scrolling on social media. And what I was going to do is be productive and get up and get a bunch of stuff done. Now I'm sitting on my phone scrolling for however long, wasting time. And so that's how easy, I mean, literally just when you wake up in the morning, you can get pulled by distractions. Right. And that's how easily the world can distract you in your day-to-day life. And so it's something you have to purposefully say, no, I'm not doing that right now. I'm putting that down 
and I'm going to spend my time with the Lord. I'm going to focus on him. I'm going to focus on what he wants me to do. I'm going to ask him, Lord, what would you like me to do right now? Right. You know, where do you want me to go right now? I'm not saying it's wrong to have social media. Obviously, we're on social media. I'm or not to saying have it's routines of your own or things. Yeah, like I'm that. not saying it's wrong to do those things, but it's it's your mindset of where is it focused? Is it always focused on, well, let me check this or let me get on here, let me do this, or is it focused on Jesus? Is he the center of our focus? Yeah. So, a uh, good practical advice that you can use and apply this take your routine take your plan for the day and just before you begin that routine insert time to see what the lord has to say about it yeah so you just insert that time and you say okay lord this is what i had in mind but i'm willing to change it if you're if you're having me do something different today yeah. so you just before you begin your day take the time put your focus on him see what he has to say about it and then you can do an adjustment to what he says, not what you say. And then you'll begin to see that change going all throughout your day, that life bringing change, you know, maybe to the people around you, you're able to minister to somebody who you would have been distracted, but you would have been distracted before and you couldn't minister to them. Yeah. Well, now because you're open and looking for the Lord and what he has you to do, you're able to do that. That's really good. So we're going to get into our next scripture. It's Philippians 4, 6 through 8. And I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure most people will recognize the scripture when we start uh, reading it. But Philippians 4, 6 through 8, and it says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So one thing that really jumped out at me when I was reading this scripture as I was studying it earlier is that in verse 6 there it says pray about everything. It says don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. And so you go down to verse 8 and you're looking at this and he says to fix your thoughts. So we're talking about our thought life being focused on Jesus. And he says to fix your thoughts on true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable things. Okay, so you're needing to fix your thoughts on that. Well, how do you fix your thoughts on that? What's something that will cause you to fix your thoughts on that? And it just kind of dawned on me. I'm like, I'm looking at verse 6 there. It says pray about everything. I'm like, okay, so my prayer life is directly connected to my thought life. Mm -hmm. The more time I spend in prayer, the more time I'm going to be thinking about the Lord. Yeah. The less time I spend with him in prayer, the less time I spend talking to him, the less I'm going to be thinking about the Lord. And the more I'm going to be thinking about other things that I fill my time with. Yeah. And so it kind of just dawned on me there that the more you spend time with the Lord, the more you go to him in prayer, the less, you know, you're not worrying about the things of the world. So you're able to cast that worry off, which is a great thing in and of itself. But then you're so focused on the Lord and dwelling on Him and thankful to Him that now your thought life is consumed with things of Him. Yeah. So I think that's a really good, important thing to keep in mind that if you're struggling with thoughts, if you're struggling to keep your thoughts on whatever is true, honorable, right, and pure, lovely, and admirable, then look at your prayer life. Where is that at? So the next thing we want to get into is Jesus' focus in our words. We want to be Jesus focused in what we say. So keeping our thoughts focused on Jesus will make this part easier. All that we just talked about having our mind focused on Jesus and our thoughts focused on Jesus will make it easier to speak the things of Jesus. And so keep all that in mind as well. We're going to get into Colossians 3.17. Do you want to go ahead and read that for us? Yeah, I can read that. 
Colossians 3.17, New Living Translation. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Hmm. I mean, just think about that. It says whatever you do or say. That means like whatever you do or say. I mean. Like did a word come out of my mouth? <laughs> yeah, I just said that. You know, whatever I'm doing or whatever I'm saying, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. And I'm like. Okay, that's a that's it could be a big responsibility if you think about that because he's saying that in everything you do, everything you know, every action you take, you need to be doing that in a way that represents Jesus, that yeah. shows who Jesus is, that shows the character of Jesus, and right. shows how much Jesus loves us, and shows the things that Jesus stands for. Everything I say needs to sound like Jesus. It needs yeah. to point back to Jesus. And that can, you know, you kind of wonder, well, how do you do that in your everyday life? Yeah. How do you go ahead? Well, I was going to say, and why is that? Why, why do we have to have such a focus on Jesus? Well, you know, he died on the cross for your sins. So those of you yeah. who are saved have already received new life from him. You've already seen change in your life because you received the work he did on the cross. So now our our new life in Christ is focused on not only ourselves, not only what Jesus does for us, but sharing him with others because we want them to receive that same new life that he's given to us. So the yeah. reason that we're adjusting our focus, the reason that we're saying what he wants us to say, thinking on the thoughts that he wants us to think on, acting on those things is because that is the seed that pours out to others that shows how good Jesus is. Yeah, that's really good. And it actually goes right along with this verse here in Ephesians four twenty nine through 32 in the NLT. It says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. You know, a part of this verse really sticks out to me, and it's in verse 29. It says, Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And I think it's so important that we, as we're keeping Jesus as the focus or the center of our words and what we're saying, that we need to be an encouragement to those around us. We need to speak encouraging words to those around us. And it's, you know, it's important to do that because people need to be built up. They need that, you know, that foundation to be built up, to be strengthened, to be encouraged. And I would even say this, that if you're not speaking encouraging words to people, you need to adjust what you're saying. And, you know, think about your conversations you've had recently. Think about, you know, I, I was just doing this this morning as I was going through this scripture and I was thinking about, okay, the things I've said recently to people, have it, has it been encouraging? You know, have I been building people up? Or when I've, if, if I've talked about somebody else, not even to them, but just talked about them, have I been saying good things about them? Have I been building them up in other people's eyes? Yeah. You know, have I been saying the good about them? And it's like, why are we doing this? You know, that's the question that comes up. Why are we encouraging? Why are we saying these things? Well, it's because it shows Jesus to those people. Yeah. It's because we're portraying Jesus. Remember what we said in this last verse before this was that, we are the Lord's representatives and everything we do and say, we are to do it to represent the Lord. And so you got to remember that when you're talking to other people or about other people, be a representative of the Lord, be encouraging, be strengthening and building people up. And so 
we want to get into our last scripture here. And in this scripture, we're talking about Jesus focused on our, in our actions, being Jesus focused in our actions. And so we're going to get into Colossians 3, 5 through 17. We started with Colossians 1 through 4, 3, 1 through 4. And we're going to finish this chunk of scripture up with Colossians 3, 5 through 17. It's got so much good instruction. And I recommend you out there, if you really want to learn more about being Jesus focused, go through Colossians chapter 3. It's a really good chapter that will show you what it looks like to live with Jesus as the center of your life. So Colossians 3, 5 through 17, it says, So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an adulterer, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and He lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people He loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. You know, there's a lot in this scripture. There's so many different things you could pull out of this. He really could preach a whole message on this one chunk of scripture. But something I really wanted to point out here is in verse 10 there, it says, As you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. And so... To me, that looks like what we're talking about today is being focused on Jesus and having him be the center of our lives. And that takes time. You know, yeah. it's not something that happens. You know, I, I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. That doesn't mean I was perfect as soon as I right. received him. You know, he's beginning to work on me. You have access to everything he yes. has. But as he works on you and you make adjustments, you are learning his ways. Yeah, exactly. You're learning to walk as he That's walks. a good way to put it because you do have access to everything he has right when you receive him. But like you said, you learn as you grow in him, you learn to look like him, to walk like him, talk like him, act like him and all these things. And then I also love the way it words this. It says to clothe yourself. This is in verse 12, clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, and make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember that the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love. And I love how he says it twice in there, to clothe yourself. And we've talked about this before on a different subject, but clothing yourself, that makes me think of, it's a choice for me to put that on. And it's a daily thing. I put that on every day. Every time I get up, I put that on. Just like if it was cold outside and I'm putting a jacket on, I know what the world's like out there. So I'm going to put this on to 
live like Jesus, to look like Jesus out in the world. And so people can see a distinct difference and say, hey, he's got something different and I want yeah. what he has, you know. Right. And so you put that on, you clothe yourself with the tender hearted mercy, with kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, and you make the allowance for each other's faults. You know, you're not perfect. The things you do are not perfect, and you can't expect everyone around you to be perfect either. So when people make mistakes, when they do something that's wrong and they mess up, have an allowance for that. Right. Instead of writing them off or beating them up, yeah. you know, you're going to come in and you're going to say, no, this is this is what the Lord would say. This is, yeah, you know, really how He thinks. You bring that you. reconciliation. Yes, in, reconciliation. And that's really good. That looks like Jesus. And then in verse sixteen, you know, to me, you look at this whole chunk of scripture right here, and you're like, okay, well, how do you do all this? How are you supposed to do all this? It's impossible for me to do this. Well, yeah, you on your own, it is impossible for you to do it. But thankfully, we're not on our own. We have Jesus. And verse sixteen right here gives us the answer. It says, "Let the message about Christ in all its richness." fill your lives. Well, let me tell you right there, if you fill your life with Jesus and you fill your life with his message, then you will be able to do all these things. Yeah. You'll be able to walk in these things. The entire word of God points towards Jesus. Yeah. So we literally have an entire book, a living word that will fill our life with him. Exactly. And that's what we need to do. That's what we need to look like. We need to look like him. And we hit that verse 17 again. You know, we pulled that out earlier and we talked about it. But it ends this chunk of scripture here again with, in whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So be thankful to God, be in thanks all the time, and everything you do, everything you say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus yeah. and keep that in your mind. Keep him as the center of your focus. So many of you have heard this message today and you're listening, you're saying, oh, I have a lot of areas in my life that I need to refocus, that I have work to do in. And I want to remind you of what the Lord's response to you is, what he yeah. thinks of you when you pursue him. So I'm going to jump back to Ephesians 4.30. We read this already. And it says, remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. So... First, you know, you turn your attention towards the Lord and he says, remember, he has identified you as his own. You, the one who has already received the Lord, you are his own. And then also Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and to not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. This is the Lord speaking that I know the plans I think towards you. Can you imagine if the Lord come up to you and said, I already know what I think about you. You can't convince me otherwise. Their plans to prosper you, to give you a hope, to give you a future. And it says this, verse 12, Then you will call on me and come to pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So what is his response when we search for him? We find him. What is his response when we seek him? He turns his face towards us and he hears our prayer. He answers them. And I, so many times I've been seeing this recently where he has already received us and he is looking for us to seek, turn our face towards him. And then he receives. Yeah. He receives what we are asking of him and he, he gives us an answer. He pours out on us. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, think about it. he's our father. He sent Jesus to die for us. Jesus came and laid down his life for us. 
he just wants that relationship. He just wants yeah. us to spend that time with him, to to look toward him, like you said, and to pray toward him and him to turn his face towards us. I mean, that's powerful. Yeah. And so in your daily life, you know, as you're going through your life, you've heard this message, you, you, you can apply these things to your life. Think about in your thought life, you're keeping Jesus as the center. And what you say, you're keeping Jesus as the focus. And what you do, you're keeping Jesus as the focus because he knows you, he loves you, he cares about you, and he wants the best for you. So that's why you're doing it. So you have anything else? Yeah, I'm just going to pray over the people real quick. Okay. Thank you, Father, for building our confidence in you. I thank you for the finished work that you did on the cross that renews us and makes us whole. I thank you, Lord, that we operate out of you, that we know when we turn our face towards you, that you hear, you receive us, and then you answer our prayers. I thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we appreciate y'all joining in today. We always appreciate y'all watching and your support. And that we just want to remind you all that in Jesus, we are built on the rock.